Hello and welcome to Mining Connections Monthly News Audiocast, where you can hear the latest in industry news about companies, products, and people. Visit miningconnection.com daily to read current news as it happens. Today's Mining Connection News Report is brought to you in part by Strata Products Worldwide. The companies of Strata, Strata Products, Strata Mine Services, and Strata Safety are key suppliers of high-quality, dependable mining and mine safety products. Strata Worldwide's products and services are always designed with safety in mind. From ventilation seals and rock dusting, to wireless communications and tracking, to emergency refuge shelters, Strata Worldwide provides customers with a comprehensive selection of mining solutions to keep their operations safe, productive, and compliant. Visit Strata at strataproducts.com. Hello, I'm Beth Terranova of MiningConnection.com, bringing you these top stories from the mining industry. In a speech to West Virginia business leaders at the annual Chamber of Commerce Business Summit on August 31st, Alpha Natural Resources CEO Kevin Crutchfield called for a balanced approach to determining how to meet the world's energy needs. While Crutchfield said he supports the development of alternative forms of energy and believes renewable energy will have to play a role in meeting energy needs, he also said that development of alternative forms of energy won't be cheap and that clean coal technology should be given the same consideration. He characterized the squeeze the federal EPA is currently putting on the coal industry and companies with coal-burning power plants as a train wreck and classify the consequences of those regulations to U.S. electricity costs as quite severe and potentially irrevocable. The CEO of the largest coal producer in West Virginia called for a fair analysis that is grounded in facts, sound math, sound economics, and sound physics. Rhino Resource Partners has agreed to sell and assign certain non-core mining assets and related liabilities for $20 million. The mining assets include leasehold interests and permits to surface and mineral interests in the Phelps, Kentucky area of Rhino's Tug River Mining Complex. The agreement allows for additional payments of approximately $8.75 million based on the future issuance of certain permits and the purchaser's commencement of mining activities. Rhino plans to concentrate more resources on development projects focused on producing metallurgical coal and a pulverized coal injection product. And here's an update on Klein Mining's New Elk Coal Mine in southern Colorado. Production of metallurgical coal at the facility will be ramped up in the first quarter of 2012 to a level of 3 million tons annually. In August, the company began a six-degree drive down 500 feet at three new rock slopes to access the Blue Seam, which lies 50 vertical feet below the coal plant site. Four continuous miners will be added in the fourth quarter this year, and two additional units will be introduced in the first quarter of 2012. These six miners, organized as three super sections, will have the annual production capacity of 1.8 million tons of clean coal. Simultaneously, mining will continue in the Allen Mines Allen Seam, where four additional continuous miners organized in two super sections will have the annual production capacity of 1.2 million tons of coal. At the Allen Mines Apache Seam, three continuous miners will be added to the existing miner in operation there. 
to complete the implementation of two super sections. Klein Mining is concentrating its efforts on exploration and development of metallurgical steelmaking coal in Canada and the U.S., and on its iron ore property in Madagascar and its Klein Lake gold property in Ontario, Canada. Klein Mining's first commercial-grade metallurgical coal shipment was made from the New Elk Mine on August 9th. Alpha Wyoming Land Company, a subsidiary of Alpha Natural Resources, recently won a bid for approximately 130 tons of mineable coal located in a 1,000-plus acre track near Gillette, Wyoming. Alpha's bid of $143 million was a record $1.10 per ton. Senate Bill 1002 was recently signed into law by West Virginia Governor Earl Ray Tomlin. The bill reallocates revenue from the coal severance tax in 1% increments over the next five years, with revenues being directed to the counties where the coal was mined. Monies collected will be placed in a special fund called the Coal County Reallocated Severance Tax Fund to be used to fund future economic development and infrastructure projects. Keep Hills 3, held as the cleanest, most advanced coal-fired power plant ever built in Canada, is now complete and operating commercially, according to a joint announcement issued by Capital Power, which led the construction, and TransAlta Corporation, which operates the plant. Construction costs of the Alberta plant, estimated at $1.98 billion Canadian dollars, were shared by the joint owners. Nearly 1,900 people worked on the project at the peak of construction last year, and it took 8.4 million man-hours to complete the plant. Yet the project had less than one-time loss incident per 1.7 million hours worked. This represents one of the best project safety records in the industry. Keep Hills 3 is equipped with an advanced air quality control system that features higher boiler temperatures and pressures. Because less fuel is used, the facility is expected to emit approximately 24% less carbon dioxide to produce the same amount of power previously generated by the Wapaman units, which were retired by TransAlta in 2010. Emissions of sulfur dioxide, nitrous oxide, and mercury will be reduced by 60 to 80% in comparison to the same amount of power produced by the Wapaman units. Keep Hills 3 also features a mercury emission control system using activated carbon injection technology and a high-efficiency particulate collection system intended to capture 99.9% of particulate emissions. The 29 miners who lost their lives on April 5, 2010 at the Upper Big Branch Mine in West Virginia are forever memorialized with a permanent monument installed at West Virginia University's Milan Pusker Stadium. The monument holds a chunk of coal from the Upper Big Branch Mine that weighs approximately 350 pounds. At each home game, Mountaineer players entering the football stadium will touch the coal in memory of the miners and for additional inspiration. WVU's new football coach, Dana Holgerson, was credited with the idea of paying tribute to the miners. Workers at Upper Big Branch lovingly extracted and lacquered the coal, and Alpha Natural Resources delivered the coal to WVU. Now moving on to new permits and mine developments. Alaska's Department of Environmental Conservation will accept public comments 
until September 30th on an air quality permit that will allow Usibeli coal mine to proceed with a proposed wash plant at Wishbone Hill. The company has had a permit to mine coal there since the late 1980s, but no mining has yet begun at the facility, which is situated eight miles north of Palmer. Some neighbors of Wishbone Hill support the DEC granting the permit because of the jobs the mine will bring and the economic benefit to the local community. Canada's Lakeshore Gold has acquired Barrick Gold's Fen Gibb and Guy Board main properties, located along the Porcupine-Dester Fault Zone near Timmins, Ontario. With its strong base in Timmins and other properties in northern Ontario and Quebec, Lakeshore Gold is a rapidly growing mining company intent on becoming a mid-tier gold producer. This acquisition provides the opportunity for the company to add an additional 2 to 3 million ounces of resources short term and in longer term to establish a large tonnage open pit mining operation. Formation Capital Corporation, a subsidiary of Canadian Formation Metals, has signed a contract with Small Mine Development to provide underground mining operations at its Idaho Cobalt Project, which is located in east-central Idaho. Founded in Boise, Idaho, 1982, Small Mine Development specializes in mechanized underground mining innovation and was a pioneer in the use of cemented backfill in the underhand cut and fill mining. This technique is now widely used for underground projects in Nevada and will also be used at the Idaho Cobalt Mine. Production of super alloy grade high purity cobalt metal at this site is estimated at 1,525 tons annually over a 10-year mine life. The project's output, as estimated, will be 3.3% of the entire global cobalt supply, and it will be able to provide 14.9% of North American demand for cobalt. Golden Predator has increased its mineral rights holdings to 1.4 million acres, and it now has the largest controlled land position in the Yukon. The largest additions to the company's holdings are in the Livingston District, and a significant number of new properties have been acquired through staking in the Selwine Basin. The Livingston Creek Gold District is located northeast of the Yukon capital of Whitehorse. The core area of the Livingston District covers a number of creeks that have reported production of more than 50,000 ounces of placer gold since the turn of the century. Location maps and a photo of Livingston Placer Gold can be found on the company's website. The Manitoba government has awarded the Environment Act license to Victory Nickel for the construction, operation, and subsequent decommissioning of the 100% owned Menango Sulfide Nickel Project in central Manitoba. Renee Gallipo, vice chairman and CEO of Victory Nickel, describes the license as the most significant milestone achieved in the development of a nickel mine at Monego and said that Victory Nickel is joining an exclusive group of companies with viable permitted sulfide nickel deposits that are ready for immediate development. It is estimated that for approximately nine years, the mine will produce about 26 million pounds of nickel annually solely from an open pit at the nose deposit, which represents only a fraction of Monego's total nickel deposit. Victory Nickel plans to begin pre-stripping the open pit this winter and to tender contracts for site engineering and power installation. 
Extrata will commence with a $50 million pre-feasibility study to explore the potential in developing a large, multi-commodity open-pit mine at its existing Mount Issa mine in northeastern Australia. A study completed earlier this year pointed to the potential to mine and process at least 340 million metric tons of zinc-lead ore and 130 million tons of copper ore. The new study will determine a preferred approach to the proposed development and is expected to be completed early in 2013, at which time work will begin on feasibility and environmental impact studies. A spokesman for Indonesia's Newmont, Nusa Tanagra, a unit of U.S. Newmont Mining, reported that exploration will begin this month on a new golden copper block in Sumbawa. The exploration area is within 87,000 hectares of forest land granted to the company by the Indonesian government in 1986. In August, Intra Energy Corporation said its subsidiary, Tanco Energy, will begin mining at the Ambalawala Mine in southwestern Tanzania. Tanco is a joint venture between Intra Energy and the National Development Corporation of Tanzania to develop the Ambalawala Mine in Tanzania's Nika coal fields. This is Tanzania's first privately funded coal mine and is expected to initially produce 10,000 metric tons per month to meet sales contracts to local industry. South America's Colombian Clean Power and Fuels has agreed to pay $4 million over the next three years to a private party in exchange for a 70% working interest in certain Colombian metallurgical coal properties. Called the Ruku Concessions, the properties are located near Sakota Boyaca and complement the company's prior land acquisitions in the Santander District of Columbia. The Ruku Concessions include a fully permitted operating mine that currently produces 10,000 metric tons of coal annually. The company plans to add capital to increase production, which in turn will accelerate company plans to become a producer of metallurgical coal for the global market. Columbia is the world's 10th largest producer and the fourth largest exporter of coal. And in October, Kenya will award its first commercial gold mining lease to Goldplat, an AIM-listed gold company with production and advanced exploration assets across Africa, enabling the company to exploit large gold deposits in the country's Rift Valley. Today's Mining Connection News Report is brought to you in part by McClanahan Corporation. McClanahan designs and manufactures the largest selection of roll crushers, classifying equipment, feeder breakers, rotary breakers, and state-of-the-art sampling systems, as well as process systems utilizing pumps, cyclones, filter presses, and hydraulic classifiers. McClanahan Corporation supports its manufacturing base using the latest engineering CAD systems, PLC software programming, finite elemental analysis of designs, electrical, mechanical, and process engineers, and a dedicated field service support staff. The majority of the equipment is manufactured in-house to ensure quality control and customer satisfaction. Visit McClanahan at www.mclanahan.com. We have a few stories in queue for acquisitions and expansions. F.L. Smith has signed a share purchase agreement to acquire Phillips Kiln Services Limited, a South Sioux City, Nebraska-based international supplier of kiln services for the cement and mineral industries since 1969. 
Phillips Kiln Services specializes in the maintenance, reconditioning, and repair of all makes and models of rotary kilns, dryers, and associated equipment. F.L. Smith CEO Rasmussen said this acquisition will complement existing services activities in both the cement and minerals industries and will strengthen the company's current customer services business. With 2010 sales and revenues of more than $42.5 billion, Caterpillar is the world's leading manufacturer of construction and mining equipment, diesel and natural gas engines, industrial turbines, and diesel-electric locomotives. Representatives from Caterpillar and China's Shitong Technical Industrial Park Administrative Committee recently signed an investment agreement to build a state-of-the-art proving ground and a large wheel-loader manufacturing facility in Tongshu Jingsu Province. Caterpillar currently has 16 manufacturing facilities, three research and development centers, and three logistics and parts centers in China. The Asia-Pacific Proving Ground is expected to be operational in the third quarter of 2012, and the large wheel loader facility is expected to start production in the fourth quarter of 2012. Erie's headquartered in Erie, Pennsylvania, recently announced plans to expand its operations in the U.S., Canada, China, and India to address growing global demand for its products. The company manufactures equipment which is utilized in the process, metalworking, packaging, recycling, mining, aggregate, and textile industries. In June, Ares purchased a 114,000-square-foot building in Erie, Pennsylvania to house the company's five-star service center and also to manufacture its largest and best-selling equipment. Ares Mineral Flotation Group, headquartered in Vancouver, British Columbia, will also be moving in early 2012 to a larger facility that is currently under construction in Vancouver. The new Chinese manufacturing operation will be used to build hydroflow fluid filtration equipment, suspended magnets, recycling products, as well as some other large pieces of equipment. The new Indian facilities near Ambatur Industrial State in Chennai include two factory buildings that will enable the company to manufacture Ares products to the highest quality standards and offer faster delivery. An on-site laboratory can test both dry and wet type samples using high-quality pilot testing equipment manufactured by Ares. In product news, Engineers at Sandia National Laboratories have developed the Gemini Scout Mine Rescue Robot, which will provide invaluable assistance in mine rescue operations. Time is of the essence in mining accidents, and this robot can handle any number of obstacles, including rubble piles and flooded rooms, and will help rescuers to reach trapped miners safely and efficiently. According to John Salton, Sandia engineer and project manager, the robot is guided by remote control and is equipped with gas sensors, a thermal camera to locate survivors, and another pan-and-tilt camera mounted several feet above the ground to capture images of obstacles. The Gemini Scout Mine Rescue Robot can also haul food, air packs, and medicine to those trapped underground and can be configured to drag survivors to safety. Sandia National Laboratories is operated and managed by Sandia Corporation, a wholly owned subsidiary of Lockheed Martin Corporation.
LumaSense Technologies has introduced a unique thermal imaging system that uses high-quality video and data analysis software to help coal-fired power plants run their boilers and produce power more efficiently. The LumaSense Boiler Spection is a heavy-duty radiometric thermal imaging system that allows operators to see through combustion flames, providing clear images from inside boilers, furnaces, and kilns. This helps plants to better monitor boiler tubes and slag deposits that prevent boilers from running at peak efficiency. By proactively maintaining boilers, coal plants can improve boiler uptime by reducing the number of manual cleaning cycles and decreasing tube erosion typically caused by excessive cleaning. Brett Sargent, Vice President of Global Sales said, with increased consumer demand and tighter environmental regulations, the top objective for any coal plant today is to squeeze out more energy from the same amount of coal. Boiler spection is designed specifically for that purpose. LumaSense Technologies has offices in Asia, Europe, and the Americas. Flexco recently enhanced its product development lab by adding a 120,000-pound capacity test rig to accelerate the design and testing of new products. The custom-made rig was specially designed by Flexco engineers to put a variety of products to work and measure the success and compatibility before they are placed in the field. Flexco's previous rig was focused mainly on testing mechanical belt fastening systems, while the new rig will test the full line of Flexco products, including trackers, cleaners, plows, rollers, and lagging. GIW Industries reported that an LSA model slurry pump installed in 1959 at the Norin Alumina plant in Gramercy, Louisiana, has operated continuously for 52 years with only routine maintenance. There are more than 150 GIW pumps installed in the plant, which are used to process hot abrasive slurries as they move from the milling and slurry mix areas to the digesters and then through the processes of mud separation and filtering, precipitation and calcinations, finally resulting in solid alumina crystals. The alumina product is the raw material required for smelting aluminum. David Pratt, president of GIW partner Hunter Equipment Company, said, GIW pumps have proven to be a vital part of this plant's success as one of the most efficient alumina plants in the industry. The high-chrome alloys used in the GIW pump line provide excellent abrasion resistance and long life cycles in severe duties and provide the plant with reliable performance and lower maintenance costs than other brands of pumps. Recently, there have been many new contracts awarded along with product orders. In a contract valued at nearly $5 million, Sandvik Mining and Construction will provide 20 mining machines to Shandong Gold. The new machines will provide improved reliability and operating performance for the mines, along with a wide range of productivity features. Bolin Drilling Company of Great Falls, Montana was selected by American Power Corporation to operate the Exploration Drilling Program for its Pace Coal Project, located on roughly 29,000 acres in Judith Basin County. The planned drilling program encompasses 61 drilling sites and will involve drilling in three phases. Results of the program will include information relative to coal seam thickness, depth of cover, expected top and bottom conditions, and coal quality. 
AECOM Technology Corporation was recently awarded a $20 million contract to participate in the $1.4 billion Ravensworth North Mine Expansion Project in New South Wales, Australia. The company will provide engineering, procurement, and construction management services for the infrastructure component of the mine, located 12 miles west of Singleton. AECOM will work with Extrata Coal and Downer EDI in an alliance to deliver the project. The Ravensworth North Mine expansion is expected to extend mining at the site for another 26 years, create 250 new jobs during the construction phase, and 550 jobs during ongoing operations. Production at the 4 million ton per year open-cut coal mine will be increased to 12 million tons per year. To meet vigorous electricity demand in the Taipei region, Taiwan Power Company has contracted jointly with Mitsubishi Heavy Industries and CTCI Corporation to build three 800-megawatt coal-fired supercritical pressure power generation units at Tai Power's Linku Thermal Power Plant. Per Taiwan's Energy Source Development Plan, the new units will replace existing facilities at the plant. The schedule is for Unit 1 to commence commercial operation in November 2015, Unit 2 to go on stream one year later, and Unit 3 to be put into operation in November 2020. Today's Mining Connection audiocast is brought to you in part by Romeca Corporation, manufacturers of Romeca motorized pulleys. Developed for the mining industry in 1953, these internally powered conveyor belt drives have offered mine operators an optimal alternative when faced with harsh operating conditions. Since Romeca motorized pulleys are hermetically sealed and compact, they are quick and simple to install and require virtually no maintenance. They are one of the most reliable, effective, and safe bulk handling conveyor drive systems available throughout the world. Visit Romeca at www.romecacorp.com. Hello, I'm Lisa Long of MiningConnection.com, and now we bring you the latest news about the people and players in our industry. Colcorp Mining appointed Dr. Charles Onterkin to the positions of Chief Executive Officer and Chairman of its Board of Directors. Dr. Onterkin has more than 35 years of experience in the mining and metals industry. Gary Stroop, who joined Caterpillar in 1972 as a machine shop trainee, is retiring from his current position as Vice President in charge of the Large Power Systems Division. Gerard Vitacoke, Caterpillar Group president, said, Gary's transformational leadership has been critical to the success and profitability of our engine business as it has evolved and changed over the last 10 years to meet ever-increasing customer and regulatory requirements. His talent, expertise, passion, and professionalism as a leader during his career have been matched by his focus on customers and developing people within Caterpillar. West Virginia Governor Earl Ray Tomlin has appointed C.A. Phillips to the position of Director of the Office of Minor Safety, Health, and Training. McDowell County native Phillips, who has served as Acting Director since November 2010, has been involved in the mining industry since 1969. He was previously a miner and fire boss for the Olga Coal Company and a health and safety representative for United Mine Workers of America. Comstock Mining, a Nevada-based gold and silver mining company, recently appointed Stephen Tucker as senior mine planner and Gertrude Ayakwa as mine planner. With significant project management and mine engineering experience, Mr. Tucker was most recently employed at Cascade Gold in Mill City, Nevada. 
Ms. Ayakwa was recently mine engineer at Pogo Mine in Alaska, and she has also served as the geotechnical research assistant for the Bureau of Geology, New Mexico Institute of Mining and Technology. John Pegler, chairman of the Australian Coal Association, announced that NSW Minerals Council CEO Dr. Nikki Williams will become the new CEO of the organization. Mr. Pegler said, Dr. Williams has been at the forefront of the climate change debate since 1989 during the international negotiations for the first climate change treaty signed in Rio in 1992. Nikki's ability to conceive and deliver industry policy and to work with both major parties at all levels of government will contribute to meaningful public policy development for the country's biggest export industry. Dr. Williams previously held senior-level positions with Shell and Exxon in Africa, Asia, and Europe, operating across the coal, oil, gas, and chemical industries. In a related announcement, Ralph Hillen has retired as executive director of the Australian Coal Association after four years in that position and a 42-year career in government and industry. Association chairman John Pegler said, Ralph has provided leadership to the black coal industry through a time of great challenges, including the debate on the Rudd government's CPRS and the current carbon tax debate. He has been a strong and articulate champion of the industry, bringing a wealth of knowledge and experience to shaping the industry's collaboration with federal and state governments in the development of carbon capture and storage and building public support for that technology. We are very pleased he has agreed to continue with the ACA in an advisory capacity and look forward to his further contribution to the industry. Peabody Energy announced three new appointments recently. Gary Brophy is now Chief Project Officer Australia, Keith Downham is Vice President of Resource Development for Indonesia, and Ian Livingstone Blevins is now General Manager at the Wilpenjong Mine in New South Wales. With 35 years' experience in project operations and engineering management in mining and heavy industry, Mr. Brophy will direct and manage Peabody's Australian project management teams with responsibility for engineering and construction of new mining operations. Keith Downham will have responsibility for identifying and evaluating acquisitions, joint ventures, and additional development opportunities in Indonesia. He most recently was general manager of Peabody's Wilpenjong Mine in New South Wales and brings to his new position more than 25 years of experience in operations management and strategic planning. Ian Livingstone Blevins has more than 30 years of mining and operations experience, and most recently he was general manager of Yan Cole's Malarban Coal Operations, an underground and open-cut mine complex under development in New South Wales. And leading our worldwide news today is Peabody Energy. Peabody Energy, the world's largest private sector coal company, and ArcelorMittal, the world's leading integrated steel and mining company, announced that PEAM Coal has agreed to terms with MacArthur Coal's board of directors for a cash takeover of all of MacArthur's outstanding shares for $16 per share. Total equity would thus be valued at approximately $4.8 billion. Peabody Energy Chairman and CEO Gregory H. Boyce said, We are pleased to have MacArthur Peabody and ArcelorMittal moving forward together to urge shareholders to accept this attractive premium. We now look forward to completing this transaction in a timely manner. And a memorandum of understanding has been signed between L&L Energy and Tianjin Fuao Industrial Company to explore strategic growth and enhancement opportunities for the principals. L&L Energy produces, processes, and sells coal in the People's Republic of China. Tianjin Fuao's parent company, Tianjin Materials and Equipment Company, ranks 57th among China's top 500 enterprises, 
and is the largest import-export wholesaler in China with revenues in excess of $16 billion. L&L's chairman and CEO Dixon Lee said, A strategic partnership between L&L and Tianjin Fuao is a win-win for both companies. Both parties see tremendous synergies within China, especially with the accelerated consolidation in Guizhou, as well as in the joint exploration of international energy markets, particularly across the Pacific. Rotterdam, Europe's busiest port, is spending $72 million to expand its coal capacity to meet sharply increasing European demand for fuel. The port handled 24 million metric tons of coal in 2010, expects to finish 2011 at 27 million, and plans expanded capacity of 42 million by 2018. German Chancellor Angela Merkel said in June that she will replace Germany's 17 nuclear reactors with a combination of renewable sources and fossil fuel-based power plants in preparation to exit nuclear generation by 2022. That plus the closures of Germany's eight remaining coal mines will help to drive up demand for imported coal. In Australia, two of the country's largest coal companies have entered into access agreements with Railtrack Corporation, a government-owned operator to Newcastle Port, and the world's biggest coal export harbor. Aston Resources and Whitehaven Coal are the beneficiaries of these agreements, and both companies operate mines in the Ganda Basin, located north of Hunter Valley in New South Wales. And now on awards and mine safety news, MSHA has published a proposed rule requiring that continuous mining machines used in underground coal mines be equipped with proximity detection systems. The objective of the proposed rule is to protect miners working near continuous mining machines by reducing the potential for crushing, pinning, and striking hazards. Underground coal mine operators would be required to equip existing continuous mining machines with a proximity detection system within 18 months from the publication date of the final rule. This will allow operators time to have equipment retrofitted and to train miners and supervisors in the new technology. Newly manufactured continuous mining machines would be required to be equipped within three months of the publication date of the final rule. Full-face continuous mining machines, which involve less machine movement, would not be included under the proposed rule. Under the proposed rule, proximity detection systems would be required to cause a continuous mining machine to stop at least three feet away from a miner unless the machine is remotely cutting coal or rock, in which case it must stop before contacting a miner, provide an audible or visual warning signal when the machine is five feet or closer to a miner. Employees at the Canyon Fuel Company's Sufco Mine recently beat competitors from other large underground mines located in eight states to win the Rocky Mountain Coal Mining Institute's 2011 Safety Award. Sufco employees worked close to 800,000 hours incident-free in 2010. Canyon Fuel Company is a wholly owned subsidiary of Arch Coal and is Utah's largest coal producer. The Sufco mine, located near Salina, Utah, employs more than 385 people and sold more than 6 million tons of low sulfur coal in 2010. Each year, the Missouri Committee for Employer Support of the Garden Reserve, an agency of the U.S. Department of Defense, selects one large employer in the state to receive its Pro Patria Award. 
The award is given to a company that provides the most exceptional support of national defense through personnel policies and leadership practices that support employees who serve in the National Guard and Reserve. Missouri's 2011 Pro Patriot Award is Arch Coal, whose Mingo Logan Coal Company and Mountain Laurel Mining Complex also won the West Virginia Pro Patriot Award earlier this year. Arch Coal Chairman and CEO Stephen Lear said, We are proud to support our Guard and Reserve employees and their families for their commitment to our nation, our state, and our communities. Remember the Miners, a nonprofit organization dedicated to honoring miners and their legacy in conjunction with the West Virginia Coal Foundation, created the Scholars Program to support families of West Virginia mining community. The Scholars Program awards scholarships to individuals who are miners, dependents of miners, or students pursuing higher education in the mining industry. Applicants for the awards submit essays about the importance of coal and its future in America. Scholarships are to be awarded twice annually. Remember the Miners partnered with D.G. Yangling & Sons to raise money for the Scholars Program. As an ongoing charitable partnership, Yangling will be donating a portion of sales to Remember the Miners and will also be hosting its annual Writers for the Miners event to raise money for scholarships. Ken Ross Gold, a Canadian-based gold mining company, is giving $1 million to the University of Alaska Fairbanks to fund a three-year endowment that will provide advanced training for mining engineering students. The International Surface Mine Rescue Competition, sponsored by the Powder Riven Basin Safety Association, was recently held in Gillette, Wyoming. This year's competition featured 12 rescue teams from Wyoming, Nevada, Utah, and New Mexico, who enacted a series of mine rescue scenarios designed to hone rescuers' skills and allow less experienced rescuers to learn from veteran trainers. The scenarios utilized this year included fire hose assembly in use, the rescue of a mannequin from high scaffolding across a crevasse, a chaotic accident involving a school bus and other vehicles, and a final exercise at the Rawhide Coal Mine. United in competition, participants built bonds that won't soon be forgotten and learned skills that may someday save lives. After the school bus accident exercise, team captain Bill Cushion said that in three tours in Iraq and a 17-year career as an Army Ranger medic, he had never experienced a triage situation so big for the number of people they had to work with. Meanwhile, in Monongalia County, West Virginia, mine rescuers had the opportunity to sharpen their skills at a mine rescue event at Milan Park. More than 40 teams from the surrounding areas and some from as far away as Colorado and Alabama participated in a simulated mine disaster and rescue of an injured miner. Rescuers said it was a valuable exercise and a great way to practice teamwork. Mike Smith, superintendent of Consol's Robinson Run Mine in Mannington, said, We know we can't go underground and train as much as we'd like to, so a lot of the training is on the surface, but it gives them a sense of what they will encounter when they are in the real thing. And in a similar event in early August, eight teams participated in the 19th annual Victorian Underground Mine Rescue Competition at the Fosterville Mine in central Victoria. 
WorkSafe Victoria is the main sponsor of the event, which is designed to improve the safety and health of all people involved in the mining industry and provides practical training for the mine rescue site teams. More than 300 people attended the award presentations and cheered first place award winner Victoria's Northgate Stawell Gold Mine, second place winner New Cascadia Valley Operations, and third place winner MMG Roseberry Mine. Earlier this year, the Caterpillar Foundation made a three-year, $2 million commitment to the Susan G. Komen for the Cure, the world's largest breast cancer organization, to increase breast cancer awareness and improve screening rates in Latin America. Susan G. Komen for the Cure recently announced the first grants from that donation. $238,000 will be given to organizations in Mexico to improve breast cancer care there. Since 2006, breast cancer has been the number one cause of cancer-related death among women aged 30 to 54 in Mexico, with women dying from breast cancer at the equivalent of one death every two hours, or more than 4,400 deaths per year. More than half of breast cancer cases in Mexico are diagnosed at advanced or late stages. Breast cancer deaths can be avoided by early screening and early effective treatment. Susan Chi Goman President Elizabeth Thompson said, The Caterpillar's Foundation's generous support gives us a unique opportunity to truly make a life-saving impact for thousands of women and men in Mexico. This has been Mining Connections' monthly industry news audiocast. We're here to help you stay in the know while you're on the go. And for the latest industry news, visit us every day at miningconnection.com.